0: This week's podcasts are focusing on managers and maybe coaching staff of the team that you are paying attention to. I'm Allison Futter from MLB.com here with Mark Bowman. Uh, Mark, let's talk about Freddie Gonzalez. So he's been with uh, the Braves for a very long time and he's had a taste of everything. He's had, uh, he's been to the playoffs with them. And then he's also now uh, the manager for a rebuilding team. So what are some of Freddie's strengths, uh, and I think we should mention that there have been, you know, rumors that didn't come true that he uh, was maybe on the hot seat. Um, but what what does the organization like about Freddie?
1: Yeah, he's certainly been a hot uh, an easy target, it seems, all the way back to his Marlins days. You know, it seems like a lot of national writers take, um, you know, I put him on the hot seat quite frequently. But, uh, you know, hey, look, it is going to be interesting to see what they do. He's ending the, ending the final year of his contract. Uh, these past two years, last year and then this year included, he's um, dealing with a team that you know it, it's not easy to win with a group like this, especially the, the number of young pitchers that are coming uh, through. Last year, there was actually a lot of uh, you know guys that weren't really qualified to be in the major leagues for at least about two months of the season. This year, you're going to have young pitchers going through growing pains. We see the improvement in the still all uh, talent within the system, but at the same time, you know I, I don't think it's fair to judge Freddie. On wins and losses, I think it, it's basically you gotta continue to judge him on these. is this the guy that that you believe can, can lead these men? That does he garner the respect within the clubhouse? And, and for the most part, I, I do believe he does. Um, you know, amongst the the players and now, you know, and you gotta focus on how does he relate to these young players? And I think that's that's basically what he will be judged on, because these guys are the future of the organization. So, yeah, there are no guarantees that, that he's. Uh, Back next year, but at the same time, that there are plenty of people in the organization that have said they they do want him to remain the manager. And Bobby Cox is certainly in his corner. Um, you know, by, with that being said, coming off two two losing seasons, and we don't know what this one uh, brings. There there is scuttlebutt out there, and I have written that you know Mark DeRosa will be a candidate uh, if, if the job comes open. He's a guy that a lot of guys in the Braves front office like, and uh, so is Eddie Perez.
0: Yeah, I, and I mean it's interesting when when it comes to major league managers. I, I was speaking to one uh, not too long ago who uh, was a recent hire. <laughs> he was like, I just want to, just want to make it through like four years enough for my kids to graduate high school. I mean, it's like it's like they take these jobs knowing that they're going to be fired, and it's the one profession where there's no shame in being fired. Like you go to a function, like uh, you know some like golf tournament, and you'll just see like four guys that have managed one team within a 15-year span. Um, and yeah. it really doesn't take anything away from what they do. Um, but it's it's hard to – it's like when Freddie was taking the Braves to the playoffs and, uh, you know, he was like the toast of the town. And um, it's not like his managerial skills have eroded. Um, sometimes you can only – well, not sometimes, all the time. You can only be as good as your team, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bobby Cox will tell you that. Look, I mean, look, Bobby was very much responsible for the talent He was an excellent manager. He is very deserving to be a Hall of Fame manager. But at the same time, he will be the first to tell you that, hey, look, you know, a lot of these wins are really come with the help of having guys like Smalls, and Maddox, Chipper. You know, the list goes on and on. Um, you, know, you, you know, you can have the best manager or the smartest manager, but but you know, at the same time, you got to have the uh, the right engine in the car to, to steer it to victory. So, um, you know, any, it, it, it's a difficult Task, I think he, he got a crash course, and what uh, uh, that was probably not a difficult season as you can go through uh, what he did last year. I had the team, in, in many respects, I think people would say they overachieve when they were 42 and 42. Jason really gets hurt a couple of days later. They trade the main, basically every other veteran member of their bullpen. You know, three weeks after that, and what they what they went through in August and September, you know, that that, that certainly wasn't on I mean, Freddie. It wasn't on Roger. I wasn't on any of the coaches. It just was a matter of rebuilding, and they said that the organization itself had to look at the fact that, hey, look, we do not have much uh, major league ready depth, uh, especially in the bullpen. So they do have that this year. Um, These young kids are going to go through some growing pains. We've seen Sean Newcomb do that here during the early days of spring training. We've seen Aaron Blair, uh, another prospect. He's he's shown signs that maybe he's only a few months away or, or maybe even a month away. Tyrell Jenkins the same way. So I think over the course of the season, what you're going to continue to see is that that rotation and evolve. Uh, it'll be important to, for Frey to, to manage those, those innings um, and prepare these guys for these starts, keep their confidence up in any way, shape, or form. Um, and, and I think that's the kind of stuff he's going to be judged on at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and so my last question has to do with sort of the analytical side. So it's interesting to look um, – kind of at the managers from team to team and uh, like I, like with the Mets. and Terry Collins is definitely, obviously, he's a, a the older guy. Uh, been around a long time. Hates, really uh, hates, but he does not like the analytics side of it. But he, he embraces it because he really kind of has to. Um, and then, you know, the younger wave of managers that we see now are more, uh, you know, driven by the front offices and sort of an extension of the front office. And so then you have Freddie, like, right in the middle. Um, so he's still young, uh, you know, compared to the guys who have been around a really, really long time, but he's not, but he's much older than some of these new managers coming in. So how does he feel about analytics, uh, getting all that information, making, you know, and, and putting it to use on the field?
1: He's willing to listen. I mean, he has good communication skills with John Coppola, the general manager who certainly would be considered a numbers guy. They have, brought, they have strength in their analytics department. They're actually going to have a, a young uh, man named Noah. I'm drawing a blank on his last name right now, but they just hired him. Um, he's going to travel around with the team um, and throughout the season be there to go over numbers. And I think the way, I think the best way to approach it for a manager is, Listen to what the numbers, you know, listen to what these guys say. Do not, you know, be paralyzed through analysis of these numbers. You know, trust your eyes still. Uh, at the same time, allow the numbers maybe to, to direct, direct you towards some thoughts that maybe you, your eyes aren't, uh, you know, providing you. Um, and, and I think that it's just having that open communication. Don't shut yourself off of that because there are some some value. through it. There is value uh, through analytics, but at the same time, um, I, I don't think Freddie's a guy that, uh, you know, he, he's not going to be the most analytical uh, manager in the world uh, in terms of, you know, embracing sabermetrics, but it, 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 Saber metrics, But at the same time, he will not shut them off. In fact, it, it's interesting to hear him talk about some of the stuff. We, we were talking about shifting the other day, and uh, we were talking about mid-count shifting, and, and we were talking saying, well, if you, if you start showing, you start shifting on two-zero 0 counts all the time with this guy on the Mount showing um, you know, location or, or type of pitch. And it, it, that's the kind of stuff that the numbers may not show, and you got to think about that. Are, are you showing your hand um, just because of the the numbers say, here, you need to shift on this guy on this count? You know, At the same time, are you giving that hitter an advantage by, by giving him an idea that you're either going to pitch inside to a left-hander or you're not going to throw, uh, it may be less prone to throw a fastball on a certain count. So you, you got to think about those things, and I, I think Freddie is, uh, is smart enough, uh, like I said, to to accept the conversation with analytics, but at the same time, he will not be uh, just completely um, strangled by by what, the, what those numbers tell him to
0: do. Okay, Mark, thank you so much. Good stuff. Talk to you next week.